This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Last month, Kraft Heinz saw its shares fall 27% in one day in late February after it posted a $12.6 billion loss. The problems relate to changing trends amongst consumers opting for smaller, healthier options have placed a crimp on the company's profits. Kraft Heinz, owned primarily by 3G Capital and by Warren Buffett, made drastic cuts over the last several years and turned significant profit, but it also took on huge debt during the merger of the two food giants, $31 million in long-term debt. The company is now facing a class action lawsuit regarding 3G's capital transfer of $1.23 billion of stock just six months before the company reported a huge loss. Kraft Heinz is also facing a U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission accounting probe. So can the Kraft Heinz story be a lesson for brands and can the company get back to the business as usual? Dave Reebstein joining us in studio, marketing professor here at the Warren School and host of Sirius XM 132 show Measured Thoughts, which is on every Monday at 4 p.m. with replays throughout the week. He joins me, as I said, in studio. David Cass joining us on the phone, clinical professor in the Department of Finance at the University of Maryland's Smith School of Business. Dave, great to see you again. Thanks Good for coming. Good to see you. Glad to be here. David Cass, great to have you with us today, sir. Thank you very much. Oh. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you. So, David, I'll start with you. All of these issues for Kraft Heinz uh, mean, I would think, significant change for the company moving forward, would it not? Uh, very definitely. I think their overall main strategy of acquisitions and then cost cutting, improving profit margins by doing so, and then going on to the next acquisition has to be totally rethought. Uh, right now, as you mentioned in your opening statements, uh, Kraft Heinz has an enormous amount of debt on their balance sheet that they need to reduce. And uh, one reason that they announced uh, as part of this disappointing earnings report in late February, uh, one attribute they announced was a reduction in the dividend uh, by a fair amount, and using uh, that saving from the dividend to reduce some of their debt. So it will take them some time to reduce debt and to refigure the economics uh, of the industry that they're in. Uh, This is not... Uh, the the same game that they thought they were playing uh, in terms of uh, uh, steady growth, stable growth, uh, just cut expenses. It will require to succeed going forward uh, to find out exactly what it is consumers want and to try to satisfy that. And that that'll mean R&D, innovation, and marketing, areas that 3G Capital have not been strong in. And they'll need to yeah. develop their expertise in those areas going forward. So, how, Dave, how do they do that, especially when you're talking about a company that has a long list of kind of legacy products that have really been uh, consumer staples for, for a half century? Well, let's look at that long list and just make Make sure everybody knows what those brands are. We're talking about Kraft, which we've known for a long time. We're talking about Heinz. We're talking about Oscar Mayer or Ida. We could talk about Philadelphia cream cheese, yeah. uh, close to home, Maxwell House coffee, Jell-O. It, it's, it, it goes on and on and on. So it is a long list that's there. 
What I'm concerned about, and, and I hear David saying they're going to have to change what it is that they do, uh, 3G Capital. And I worry about old dogs and new tricks and whether or not they're going to be able to change. Um, but what it is that I'm concerned about when I look at it is how as you come in and cut, what you, typically if you come in and cut your marketing expenditures, you see some of that profit go to the bottom line. Right. That happens because you're reducing your expenditures. Right. Fine. But are you building for the future? And that's what they haven't been doing. And um, I totally agree with David. That's what they need to do. I just don't know whether that old dog of three tree capital is going to be able to change their way. Which is interesting, Dave, because we have seen numerous companies make these types of shifts, bringing on different products to try and and, and relate even further to the consumer today. Because the the mindset and the wants of the consumer here in 2019 are, are certainly, it feels like, quite a bit different than what they were five years ago, maybe even 10 years ago. I mean, even with your opening story about uh, the stores closing, we see people are shopping differently. And yeah. what they're shopping for is changing as well. And so the companies that are going to survive are those that adapt and those that are changing. But to do that, particularly when you're talking about food products, you've got to be changing your your portfolio of products and adapting them as well. So, uh, uh, Dave Cass, how does 3G Capital and, and Kraft Heinz do that, especially now when you have the class action lawsuit in play? You also have the SEC investigation in play as well. Yes, well, it certainly will be a rough road for them. But in terms of planning ahead, I think they need to look internally uh, which of their current products are most profitable and perhaps plan to expand those and innovate. Uh, innovate various uh, byproducts, let's say, or similar products under that brand name. Whereas other products, I, I've read recently that they may be considering the sale of the Maxwell House coffee product line that they sell. And to the extent that they unload or sell off some of their assets and reduce their debt, and then refocus on those areas where the greatest potential for growth exists, uh, I think they'd be forced to go down that path pretty much. So initially, shrink, reduce debt. Uh, only when they get debt, debt down to a somewhat lower level than it is now can they even begin to think of going back on the acquisition path. And then when they do, which I assume they will at some future point, again, focus on those areas, those products uh, that have uh, a better future ahead of them rather than those that are declining. David, I think the path you described is what it is they're likely to do. This is Dave Reepstein here. Um, what I'm concerned about is just getting rid of some of their existing brands and just atrophying, that they're going to get smaller overall. There's some reason to do that, to spin off some cash that they could possibly use. I worry about, um, as they invest in sort of modifying their products, doing it under some of their existing brand names. Mm -hmm. Because some of their brand names, you know, even you know, the great Oscar Mayer, you know, it's, it's a hot dog. And the question yeah. is, if people are moving towards healthier eating, are you going to be able to do it under the Oscar Mayer name? Now, Kraft has been great at creating brands. So maybe what they're going to need to do is create new brands that have totally different positioning and images and healthier in, in its view and, and more consistent with where society is moving today. David, your thoughts? 
Yes. Um, no, I, I, I totally agree with that approach. It uh, makes certainly a lot of sense to me. And I think uh, 3G, again, will need to uh, bring in-house and develop the expertise to do that, uh, to innovate and properly market and promote those brands. But I think uh, new brands that are perceived by the consumer um, as being healthy, um, free of preservatives and um, organic, and, uh, including organic foods, that is, including organic in the healthier space, uh, I think would have a chance of succeeding and then spending the appropriate marketing uh, uh, techniques or funds uh, to promote them. But I, I would think that there, there's a little bit of a balancing act there, Dave, as well, when you're talking about some of the brands. Like even Kraft and Heinz, uh, especially Heinz, using Heinz as an example, with ketchup and mustard, and they do relish as well. Those are products that are staples that people will continue to buy, I think, for the most part, you know, when they, when they have that particular need. They, they won't deviate from some of the core products that, that Kraft Heinz will have. No, no question about it. And, and Kraft is totally dependent on those brands and those brand names. 65% of their whole uh, assets are in goodwill. Um, and, and what that means is brand value. Yeah. And that's what it is that represents you know, their value as a company are in the brand. So you don't want to abandon all of those. And as you say, Kraft and Heinz are, are staples. Grey Poupon is their mus- uh, uh, mustard. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a staple. And people are going to continue eating those. And, even, and it's not like everybody's moving healthier. There still is that whole thing. But they also need to be you know, adding to their portfolio. And just to make it really clear, they've got brands like Velveeta. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and Kool-Aid and Jell-O that you can continue doing those and tweaking those and reducing calories and getting rid of some of the preservatives. But they're going to need to work on other brands as well. But the, and, and I just don't know whether or not 3G Capital yeah. ha- has that personality to be able to do that. Dave, do you think they do? Yeah. Yes. Well, I think they will need to develop it. And they may not have it today. Uh, but I think they appreciate the need to develop and learn and succeed in that area going forward. And let me uh, just add one thing uh, it was just discussed. Um, the hind side of Kraft Heinz, let me point this out, is doing very well. Uh, 3G Capital uh, initially going partners with Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway acquired H.J. Heinz in 2013 and took it private. And they paid an appropriate price and costs were cut and so on. And as was previously mentioned, uh, the Heinz brand and ketchup, I think they have 60% of the market, is highly regarded, well respected. And the problem they ran into was in 2015 uh, with the acquisition of Kraft, uh, where they, where Warren Buffett has admitted that they overpaid, once again, 3G Capital being the operating partner and Warren Buffett Berkshire being the financing partner on these deals. And the, so the problem is resides within the Kraft side of Kraft Heinz. The Heinz side, I think, is perfectly fine. And the question is, and a very good one, uh, do they have it as part of their DNA that does 3G Capital have as part of their DNA the ability uh, to innovate, do the R&D, come out with these new products and succeed in marketing them? 
And uh, that is a question going forward. But uh, they, I guess, will, uh, in my mind, be forced to develop that skill. But Dave Ripson, how do you? How does a company? I, I mean, with some of these products, the the idea, the the concept of mass produced is going to be naturally tied to these products to begin with. And I don't know if you can fully transition the the consumer's mindset to be able to get a particular product out of that that mass-produced thought process, correct? I I think that's right. I think we will still have some of these that are mass-produced, and and people are going to think of them that way. And the question is, you know, do you want your catch-up customized? And I don't think that's going to that's going to be the case, or or everybody does their own individual thing. So I don't think the mass production is part of it. But I think we can look closely at what's happened to the advertising spending of uh, of, of Kraft Heinz. And let me just read some figures to you. And I appreciate that uh, that David talked about the timeline. If we look at the year 2014. Um, Kraft Heinz spent over $600 million on advertising alone. Uh, then in 2015, they reduced that to about $550 million. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see some decline going on. This is when 3G Capital came in. Um, in 2016, it fell below $500 million, And in 2017, it fell below $450 million. So we see a steady removal of advertising behind their brands. And... It, a brand needs more than just advertising, but it does also need advertising. Yeah. And they've stopped investing, and they're taking that money, watching it fall to the bottom line short term. But they're not looking at the long-term consequences. And not surprisingly, 2019, we're feeling the long-term consequences. And I guess, uh, David Cass, it also makes you wonder how that, that advertising dollar was being spent. Because when you think about today's advertising spend with digital and, and a variety of different uh, locations, uh, we're seeing that, that some of the ad spend is cheaper than it was uh, a few years ago, and if you go away from traditional methods, you know, not as much spend on TV and you and you spend more on the Internet, you may be able to cut costs that way, yet still be able to, to try and get a, a pretty good reach. Uh, yeah, but, the, uh, but one uh, downside to that, because uh, so much advertising is done on the Internet uh, at a much lower cost than the standard model of advertising on the main TV networks a generation ago or years ago is that it opens up the path for so many other potential competitors which is, has occurred recently uh, where the new products are coming in from startup companies or relatively small companies so yes it does reduce the cost of wood uh, for Kraft Heinz but it also they'll be facing additional competition and one other point you mentioned at the outset of this broadcast of several retailers closing. And uh, Warren Buffett uh, recently was interviewed um, on CNBC uh, with respect to Kraft Heinz, and he mentioned uh, that the uh, packaged food producers are running, to, uh, going toe-to-toe against the retailers and losing out. They're losing bargaining power. They're losing pricing power. So there's an additional force, downward force, being applied to Kraft Heinz in this area, uh, in addition to, of course, uh, having to compete with online uh, average, uh, sellers as well. So there's a multi-dimensional problem here that Kraft Heinz uh, needs to figure out and solve. 
Dave? So, you know, I, I was listening to the, the beginning of the story of all the store, or stores closing. And I yeah. thought, well, people are still buying clothes. Abercrombie and Fitch, you know, maybe they're not doing it in their bricks and mortar. Right. But they're still buying clothes and they're, they're going to be buying, you know, it online. And some of that's going to happen. And when it comes to food, yeah, people are still buying food. And actually, it's the brands that um, do better online. The big brands do better online than they even do in the stores, right. which is somewhat interesting. So I don't think that's as much of the problem of, of people shifting where they buy. Um, I don't think that's the problem facing Heinz. But, but what I do think is the problem when they start doing more of their advertising online is we look at short-term results. How do we evaluate those online sort of um, ads is we see, well, what are the click-throughs? Yeah. And what we're not capturing is, is the brand being built. So it might not lead to an immediate purchase. It might not lead to that immediate click-through. Right. But is that brand being well-established? But uh, Go ahead. I'm well, sorry. Well, I, and I'm trying to think, and, and I'm not a, a, a sample one's not what we should ever rely on, but I can't remember the last time I've heard, you know, the Oscar Mayer theme song that you're about to sing. You're going to sing? Can I get you to sing <laughs> no, it? No. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah, no. <laughs> Although I have recently seen stories about the old Wienermobile, which is, is still making its way around, around the United States. States from time to time, which is again, it's it's another part of that advertising piece that 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 Oscar Mayer and Kraft Heinz uh, really rely on. Or the slowest catch up. When's the last time you saw that? That's right, exactly right. I haven't I haven't seen that one in, in a long time. You're joined here in studio by uh, Dave Reebstein of the Wharton School on the phone by David Cass of the University of Maryland. Your comments are welcome at eight four four Wharton eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Or if you'd like, send us a comment on Twitter at BizRadio one thirty two or my Twitter account which is at DanLoney21. So really, this ends up, uh, David Cass, really, I think, as you mentioned, kind of falling into the lap of 3G Capital and making some some adjustments so that they can still be able to turn the profit that they would like, but be able to, to look long-term uh, and, and have the greater growth that they need to have. Um, exactly right. And... And again, it's a multi-dimensional problem. And if I might add, I agree with everything Dave said about uh, uh, Kraft Heinz should be building their brand instead of cutting their advertising and the importance of the brand. I, I agree with all of that. But I, I do want to mention as well uh, one point that Warren Buffett mentioned on his recent interview on CNBC, that he attributed part of the problem of Kraft Heinz is consumers to some extent, switching to private label. And he actually used the Kirkland brand of Costco as an example, uh, although it appeared to me a little bit that he was comparing apples with oranges to some extent when he was uh, giving, he said, uh, for example, uh, Kraft Heinz had sales of $26 billion, uh, last year in uh, Kirkland had sales of $39 billion, 50% more private label. But, of course, those include many products that uh, Kraft Heinz may not sell. But he is concerned, uh, in addition to the issues we've raised here, uh, of competition from private label as well. Once again, perhaps that pricing issue, the ability of Kraft Heinz to charge or receive uh, from retailers a premium price for their brand. And maybe the answer is they need to build 
build up that brand uh, to achieve that. Dave? So it's interesting. When we think uh, – so I, I agree. And by the way, I love the fact we've got a finance professor who's talking about spending more on marketing, which, <laughs> which, which – yeah, that, that's great, David. I, I love it, and I'm going to be repeating what you said. But um, when we think about needing to spend on marketing and, and do a better job of marketing, let's recognize marketing is more than just advertising. And part of what that is is product development. So we did talk some about the product development. They need to be spending more on the R&D and, yeah. and, and doing and creating some new products. It also is an issue of uh, trying to think about what the right price is. 3G Capital was known for working on their margins, and they do that by two ways. One is what we're going to do is cut our cost. But the other thing that we're going to do is hold our price and maybe raise our price. Well, the creation of the brand is part of what allows them to raise their price. And Kirkland, that, that David was just talking about, is coming in at a lower price. Yeah. And so they need to be responsive to their competition by changing some of their pricing. And, and by protecting their margins, they're losing their market share. Part of that also, I think, also plays into the, the change in how customers are, are doing their shopping for a lot of these products, whether it be they're buying them uh, through their local grocery store, but they're buying them online and, and have the availability to get that 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 uh, specific brand that a company may be bringing forward, but also something like Walmart. If Walmart is is invested as they are in having grocery in all of their locations or a majority of their locations, and they have their own brands of products that come in a quarter less, 50 cents less, you would think that, that Walmart is going to gain that advantage over the products that they already, you know, the big name brand products that they already have in the store to begin with. They're sleeping with the enemy. You know, they're yeah. selling through Walmart and Walmart's trying to go directly against them. And so it, it is a, a, uh, a strange relationship that they have with Walmart and, and with uh, Costco because they, they feel like they have to, and they do have to be in those outlets. Right. But they're also you know, working against somebody who would rather sell their own private label. David Cass, what do you see as the, as the, the potential path that, uh, that 3G Capital need to think about here? Well, I think um, that they indeed um, need to focus on, uh, and I'll, I'll attribute this to uh, Dave here, uh, certainly developing uh, their marketing expertise and investments in those areas. And also, um, in the short run, I think give up some of that profit margin and plan more for the long run and in support of their brands uh, so their brands can compete better against a private label, for example. So I think uh, certainly the marketing issue, the innovation, R&D, although that could be difficult uh, in the food area. I don't know what percentage of new food products uh, in the packaged food area uh, succeed. It may be a low percentage, but they are going to have to uh, learn how to proceed in that direction and have enough success in that direction to achieve their long-run profit goals. So my overall recommendation is to reduce their short-run profit maximization and focus more on long-run profit maximization. What does their status as a private entity, how, how does that play into this process as well in terms of the decision-making and thinking about, as you just alluded to, of maybe 
deciding, you know what, if we, if we trim back on the profit by, let's say, 10%, but we're looking for the long term, we can benefit that. How does that play out in terms of being either a private or a public company? Well, first of all, this is a public company. Oh, it is. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 3G Capital is a private equity firm that owns roughly 25% of Kraft Heinz. Right. Warren Buffett Berkshire owns 27%, and the rest is, is publicly owned, okay. publicly traded. Uh, so they would be uh, managing this company as they would. I think they should be managing this company, whether it's public or private, Uh to plan for the long run uh, uh, profit profitability of the company, Dave, I, I, I totally agree. That's what they should be doing. Um, I, I get the sense that what it is that they want to do and what they have historically done is come in, cut cost, raise raise those short term profits, and then you know bail and, uh, and and get rid of of their ownership of it, and, and they you know experience a uh, healthy you know uh, profit that they've gained in that. It's caught up with them now, and what they should do is exactly what David said, start trimming their profit, investing for the long run. And again, I just don't know if that's what it is, that that's their typical business model. Yeah, yeah. Now, let me uh, just um, comment one thing. I, again, I agree on the general comment that Dave just made, but unlike <clears throat> excuse me, other private equity firms, um, 3G Capital is not uh, purchasing companies, taking them private, and then selling them three to five years later, as most private equity firms do. Their model, for example, <clears throat> they own restaurant brands international, which includes Burger King, Tim Hortons. Um, they're buying these chains and ma- <clears throat> excuse me, and managing them for the long term. Uh, uh, AB InBev, uh, Budweiser Beer, uh, is also a 3G, a spinoff pretty much, of 3G capital management. They're buying companies, reducing costs, but holding on. They're holding on to these companies. Then they, until now at least, their game plan was get costs under control, increase profits, let's move on, make the next acquisition, sort of bolt-on acquisitions rather than package and resell, which is what other private equity firms do. Well, then then your strategy of uh, I would fully endorse, give up on some of the profit, invest for the long run, and that's what they need to be doing. Great having you both with us. Great to see you, Dave. Thanks for coming in. David Cass, thank you very much, sir. Greatly appreciate your time. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, David Reepstein. Uh, David Reepstein from here at the Wharton School. Uh, David Cass from the University of Maryland. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.